Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. I am Mike Fenn. I'm joined, as always, by Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am quite tired today. Busy day at work, but I'm well. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Um, it's a it's a hot one these days, and I work outside, so today was rough. Um, oh man, the the summer weather is starting to hit in Toronto, and I was feeling it today. Yeah, it's I mean, been my... storming, storming here all week, and the sun finally came out today, so it's humid as all hell today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for some uh, for some sports playoffs and for Mass Effect and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be enjoying the great indoors. Yes, yes. I'm <laughs> I'm a ginger, and so this time of the year is when I stay inside all the time because I sunburn too easily to be outside in the summer. All right, so this week there's actually a ton of actually quite quite huge news. So <laughs> unfortunately, that thing that I started last week where I was going to talk about highlight an indie match each week, I can't do that this week because we'll be here all yeah. day. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to hop right into the news. Um, I know you have a piece of news you want to talk about. I will start with the WWE, more WWE cuts, this time from NXT. So we got the biggest one for me is Alexander Wolf got cut. Yeah, he's very good. People like mm-hmm. Alexander Wolf. Um, I'm surprised they let him go. They obviously don't know what to do with him. Yeah, on NXT they in... they were seem like they're doing a storyline with him. Like he got kicked out of uh, Walter's group, and it looked like he was going to team up with his old sanity member. But I, I I guess they decided not to go that route and let well, him go from the company. Apparently, what has happened is his contract is expiring in june Mm -hmm. so i think uh, this is essentially what's happening here is uh they're not using him because his contract is expiring who knows whether that's his choice or their choice not to re-up him Mm -hmm. um yeah they see he was in he's been in good storylines before with sanity and then with imperium Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason he doesn't i don't know they don't continue with him i don't know why he's pretty good yeah then we have Ezra Judge. Don't know him. Yeah, I don't know. Brandy Lauren. Is. I know who Brandy Lauren is because she is the girlfriend of Joey Janela. Yeah. Um, then we have Jessamyn Duke. That is a that's an interesting one. She was one of the horsewomen from the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, one of uh, Ronda Rousey's girls. She, the uh, the taller blonde woman. Mm-hmm. She. She, she lately has been on the Up, Up, Down, Down uh, videos heavily. Mm-hmm. Like she's very much part of that team. So that's unfortunate because that is owned by WWE. So it, she probably won't be able to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, then Jake Clemens is a referee. And then that piece of shit, Drake Wirtz, Man, he's gone. That one's the story of that guy is so nuts. Because I used to love him so back weird. in the indie scene when he was a deathmatch wrestler. And he just drank the Kool-Aid and went down a dark rabbit hole. And, like, you can't oh, show yeah. up on like, Zoom I, calls uh, with your conspiracy theories wearing your employer shirt and not expect anything to happen. Yeah. But he was working on Tuesday. He mm-hmm. was on the telecast. And then he was fired mm-hmm. on uh, on Wednesday. Bizarre stuff. Well, yeah, um, there's like, I heard stories that like, you know, Triple H would take him aside and like, you know, we got to accept diversity and you, you know, that we're a, a multicultural locker room and stuff and he just wasn't having it. And 
I heard he's had a lot more problems than his uh, conspiracy theory videos yeah. that have surfaced recently. I heard some some uh, some people in the company either tried to or did fight him <laughs> in the backstage. Yeah, I've heard that um, too. Some talent. I don't know who it was. If you want to know who it is, it's on Shanra. It's on Fightful. You, <laughs> you have to pay for it. Um, so I don't know because I don't pay. <laughs> yeah. um, but if if you want that news, go there. Shanra Septa's good shit. He had that scoop before he was even fired. Um, he has all the heat on him. It's funny because... Drake Wirtz, he was a guy that everybody I I've never even watched him, but everybody wanted him hired because mm-hmm. he had substance abuse problems and he battled through it and everyone was so happy. Then he ended up in NXT, everyone was so happy for him. Now everyone's so happy he's gone. Yeah. It's like wow, yeah, he, what a fall from grace. <laughs> I really saw him in PWG. Uh him and Adam Cole had some awesome guerrilla warfare matches against each other and stuff and he was he's like a death he was like a big deathmatch wrestler in the early 2000 teens is when I saw him but yeah it's just it's sad to see someone go down that dark hole like that and hopefully he can get the help he needs or something man it was it's crazy <laughs> yeah not not great for him mm-hmm. um and then lastly fuck this guy too Melatine yeah. dream yeah he is done so happy to hear it um, mm-hmm. you can't proposition underage. Yeah, you can't. No, <laughs> that's not cool at all. So fuck that guy. Um, I saw people online trying yeah. to defend him. And then people in the mentions were like, Hey, I don't think you know, like what he did. And then people were like, Oh yeah, fuck that guy. Like after they figured out what, what had happened. Yeah. Like he, um, I've, what I've heard, and this is just a rumor. This is just was that um, they wanted to let him go, but because in Florida, I think the legal age is 16, they couldn't hmm. um, for that reason. Or they couldn't... There was there was some weirdness about the age. Like, it, technically, it wasn't illegal based off of where he was and where he did it from, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone all knows that it's fucked up. And yeah, it's fucking Maybe gross. his contract just ended, and they're like, gone yeah yeah because he hasn't been on tv in in a long time since uh kushida beat the shit out of him on a nxt episode yeah and he was just at raw like a week ago in the backstage area Mm -hmm. and people were thinking he was going to show up on raw and now he's gone so i don't know i guess maybe when they're like all right who do we want to release and then someone's just like let's just do it guys let's just get rid of them we have a free pass here like just put them out with all the other guys Mm -hmm. and then we don't have to deal with it they seem to do that budget cuts Mm -hmm. yeah that's ridiculous i mean the whole budget (laughs) cut reason is so dumb Um, yeah yeah they have more because they made record profits they made record profits this year they made record profits and they're saying budget cuts Mm mm-hmm Anyways, doesn't make any sense. This is how you make re- record profits. Mm-hmm. You throw your employee. Not that, not not during, throw him to the moon. Yeah. But, uh, or <laughs> sun. The sun is better. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Brad, you have some news. Yeah. In uh, New Japan, uh, they just uh, announced that they were coming back from their month shutdown because I think seven wrestlers got COVID. So, and then this morning, 
of us recording, and it was announced that Will Ospreay has to relinquish the uh, IWGP heavyweight title because he has neck issues. So uh, I'm not a fan of Will Ospreay because of his extracurricular activities, we should say. And so, mm-hmm. and plus, he hasn't been drawn as a champ there. So it's, I mean, I don't want to see anyone get hurt really, but I think it's kind of a blessing that he, he they don't need that negative press right now because they seem like they're cursed this past year. So they need to yeah. put it on, I'd say, I'd say put it on Okada just because it's familiar, Okada being the champ and he hasn't had the belt in a long time. So put it back on him. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's who people want to see as champ anyway. So. Yeah, the fans love him. Every mm-hmm. everyone can get behind Okada as champ. Yeah. Um and then you gotta get a worthy opponent for him to feud with. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, he's he's really been missing. It's gotta him. be it's gotta be Jay White, right? Jay White, Shingo. Him and Naito always have good matches, but Naito's kinda hurt, so Yeah. He... And it I think it's tough to run a long feud right now. Or at least to put your chips in with Naito. Mm-hmm. They tried that last year for whatever reason. They took the chips back from him. Mm-hmm. Like they can never really get all in on him. And his knees are, from what I've heard, his knees are pretty shot. Yeah, that's why it's maybe that's just what, him. Uh, that's from Bully Ray. Bully mm-hmm. Ray says that uh, he's seen he's seen Naito behind the scenes, and he said he does not move well. Yeah, he said as soon as he gets out in front of the camera, he sucks it up, and he like. Like, he's not limping, but as soon as he's out of the camera, like, he is a different person. Mm-hmm. So, there's sort of yeah, protecting there's a bushi too. You can have yes, a Bushi fight. A bushi. Okada. His, his title reign got cut pretty short. Hell, even with the forbidden door open now, now that there's no champ, have Kenny come over there and say he's here to collect another belt. I think yeah, the man, Japan fans it. would go nuts for uh, Omega being back over there. So, did they announce that they're doing shows again with people? Or yeah, they're going to have shows at the end of this month. At um, it's not well. It's obviously because the main Dominion. event of the show they were supposed to do was well. Dominion's coming up, but this one's like a battle, Grand Slam or something. It's like baseball themed. I think they're doing it at the baseball arena. All right, it's Man, at Tokyo Dome, but not with the dome closed, so the dome will be open. I mean, even though I don't really, I don't like Osprey. Um, it is. So I don't really like, like wish. I never wish any ill on somebody, like in injuries and stuff like that. But it's probably is a blessing in disguise that he will not be their champion because that mm-hmm. didn't seem to be going over well. It, his first major show as a champion had like a hundred people in the audience, and that was a weird thing That's to see crazy. for for New Japan. Even I know they're doing COVID stuff right now, but still they've had more people than that during COVID times. So <laughs> New Japan. The New Japan fans have loved Will Ospreay for years, so it's, mm-hmm. I was actually surprised to hear that. I, I'm thinking maybe the Japanese fans thought they cut Abushi's title reign too short because <laughs> he was only champ uh, since January. Yeah, they do love Abushi. Mm-hmm. They do love Abushi. I was shocked mm-hmm. that they took the belt off him. I was like, "What are you doing? Yeah, you've been building to this for years." <laughs> yeah, I think he because he's supposed to Osprey's supposed to face Okada. At their big show that they just got reannounced, and then so I yeah. think Okada was probably supposed to beat Osprey because I think Osprey is going to be more of a transitional champion. And then I don't know. Yeah, very strange, mm-hmm. very strange stuff. But we got um, 
anyways, let's get to a this lot, next. We got news. some crazy news too from the world of AEW. Yeah, to talk so about. Uh, AEW has officially announced that starting in 2022, AEW Dynamite will be moving to TBS um, on the same time slot. So still 8 p.m. Eastern time. Still on Wednesdays. It'll be on TBS. This is a uh, this is large, largely a sideways move. No matter no matter how some people will try and mm-hmm. spin it. It is a sideways move. TBS is on slightly more uh, TVs in the United States yeah, it's like than a, TNT is. It's like a million more homes or something like that here in the yeah, States. Yeah, a million or, or even less than that. It's pretty mm-hmm. like their own. They're on the same cable packages, essentially. Mm-hmm. They're owned by the same people. Yeah, it's um, uh, TNT's Turner Network Television. TBS is Turner Broadcasting Station. So it's mm-hmm. the same. My only initial concern was that they would might get preempted by Atlanta Braves games. Mm-hmm. And then I did a little bit of research and I saw that they don't actually really carry Atlanta Braves Braves games anymore other than on Sunday. So and then they have some playoff games. So mm-hmm. unless like they line up with a playoff game, it's not and or they decide to start running Sunday shows, which they're not going to do. Yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem at all. Mm-hmm. So that's good cuz that was uh Heard some people telling me that. It was just like, oh, well, Turner owns the Atlanta Braves. But apparently Turner hasn't owned the Atlanta Braves for about a decade. Mm-hmm. So that's not true. <laughs> um, and they also announced that the their third hour, the second show, is going to be called AEW Rampage. It's starting in August on the 13th, and it's going to be starting on TNT. Can't confirm that, but I believe it's going to be on... TNT and Tony Khan has stated that it will be very much an extension of Dynamite and will mm-hmm. not at all be treated like a lesser show. It will just be it'll be a one hour show. He was offered to to put um, Dynamite to three hours, and he chose to no. I would like to separate the third hour. I'm that's smart because even like Monday Night Raw is three hours, and even the the greatest Raw ever, it's still three hours to sit through. <laughs> That's not Absolutely. a pay-per-view. Usually pay-per-views are longer, but you know you're expecting a longer show at a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's funny, you know how some people are saying like, oh, you uh, you have to expect that some people won't know how to find AEW Dynamite once it's changed channel. I saw a guy who was on, one of the guys on Fightful was saying that literally, he doesn't have cable now, but when he had cable just like a year or two ago, TBS was literally w- one channel. Mm-hmm. away from tnt like it was like it was like 165 and the other one was 166 yeah i have so they'll be able to find it i have fine. youtube tv in like when you go through the channels in quotations it's a um, just a list of like yeah it's like nbc abc and then tnt and tbs are right on top of each other so yeah you can't like, you can't miss it <laughs> so they'll be fine mm-hmm. and like only an idiot wouldn't be able to find that and mm-hmm. i believe that the audience is not idiots so they'll be yeah good. and they're, it's not till next year, so they're going to hype the shit out of it to let everyone know. Of course. And I'm sure the first show on TBS is going to be a mini pay-per-view. So. It's so funny. And then, last but not least, TNT will air four quarterly Supercard specials. And AW recently filed a trademark for Battle of the Belts, <laughs> signifying that they appear to be trying to follow in the footsteps of WCW's Clash of Champions. Their supercard shows that they used to have back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. Um, 
I'm excited to see that. So that's essentially they put all the all the belts on the line on those days. Yeah. They have big matches. It's gonna feel like a pay per view on TV. I think that's really cool stuff. Yeah. It may not it may even be like no commercials for that as well. Like we don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like um get a big sponsor and this then, is brought to you by Mountain Dew and then you don't have to have any commercials the whole time or something. Absolutely, because it's not dynamite, so <laughs> this is a whole new thing. They can work around this. And then it has been reported that AEW is receiving an eight-figure payday when all this settles out, and this can't be looked at as anything other than a huge positive. They essentially just shifted to another channel that has a bigger audience. <laughs> For more money. <laughs> so it's like, okay, great. <laughs> Give me that fucking $10 million at the minimum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they get more more shows, Fantastic. so that's more ad revenue and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, this is this is good. AW just made more money mm-hmm. and is now on more channels. Yep, on more. They can time. pay the wrestlers better and stuff, so that's always good. It's good. It's more money. Mm-hmm. That, that's what you want. That's how you build a successful business. Yeah. So this is all fantastic news. All right, so let's get into dynamite. Um, I thought this was uh, an extremely enjoyable episode that provided a lot of entertainment without a lot of explosive highs <laughs> specifically from matches yeah it had a bunch of really good promos and but when i looked at the card i was like okay this will probably this is a show that if it is very good will be over delivering and that's what happened it <laughs> over delivered based off of the card yeah this was the the real go home show to double yeah. nothing to me because that's what this I, the whole time I was watching I was like, this feels like a go home show. Oh yeah, like they did a good job you know, of hyping up all the. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Next week's uh, car. Next week's show is a, is on Friday. It's essentially a mulligan. Like yeah, whatever. Yeah, I've seen two like segments, like talking segments announced and stuff. It's like they know what they're doing because it's on late too on Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the so. card looks like absolutely nothing special. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the first match we had, this was Christian Cage versus Matt Sadell, which uh, I thought was... Well, I have my thoughts, but what were yours? At this uh, match? I like this match a lot. It was a lot of fun. It was, uh, I like Matt Sadell's new technical style. He's very good at it. Uh, never realized how tall Christian was until he was in the ring with Matt Sadell, though. He's a lot taller than Matt Sadell was. So... Uh, I think commentary even mentioned that he was like six three. So, Jr. did a couple funny things on this night. Uh, one was in this match. He he'd like say a fact and then he'd say I think. Like he was like Christian Cage is six three, and then he pause. I think. And then when we get to the Serena Deep match later, he said something again. Like she had microscopic or bi- biopic knee surgery. I think. Like <laughs> do you know? <laughs> you sound like you know what you're saying. And then <laughs> Just lie. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you, JR. You're the you're the talking man. But yeah, this match was really good. It was a lot of fun. I really liked um Taz on commentary during this match. Oh, speaking of that one time when he says uh Christian Cage is six three, uh Taz pipes in and says, He's just two inches taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Taz on commentary is great. He's like, He body shaved me last week. I don't play that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's cruel yeah <laughs> so funny yeah this match it was so fucking clean mm-hmm. this was a really clean match 
Like these old boys just went out there and put on a near flawless TV match. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really nicely paced. And considering the age of these two guys, I was just like, wow, this is this match is fast, it's quick, it's athletic. Yeah, um, it's uh but, can't be understated that Christian didn't wrestle for like six years and he's like just kind of, he's just, they said it was his third match back and he's like still so yeah. good like it's nuts oh it's insane and yeah if if anything this match it was almost it's almost too clean if that makes sense it was mm-hmm. like there was no there's no friction in it yeah That's it's i mean thing. it's two it's baby like, faces so you're not gonna really yeah it's two baby faces it was very clean it was very sporting mm-hmm. um i liked that it was very cool but then this is a result of Ricky Starks not being involved because I still believe that Cage was going to be facing Ricky Starks uh, or Christian was going to be facing him either this week or at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. But because of that, they had to just uh, shoehorn Seidel in here because he wasn't doing anything. And he can be like, oh, Seidel can face anyone at any given time because he's that experienced. Mm-hmm. So it, it just sort of seemed it, it kind of seemed like a match for the sake of having a match. And again, not their fault. It's just the luck of the draw with yeah. uh, with Starks literally fracturing his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Christian, Christian, they would both go for big, big moves off the top rope. Both of them missed. Mm-hmm. Christian hit a big spear for a near fall. Seidel hit a a big knee, but then he he crashed and burned on his mariposa. And this would allow Christian to hit the kill switch, and then post post match. This is where it really kicked into gear. Yeah, is the mariposa the with... standing flippy thing you did? Is that what that yeah, was called? Yeah, it's like the okay. standing flipping, like twisting, shooting star. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't. Yeah, I, I heard him say the name of it, but I didn't catch it. Okay, yeah, it's I'm cool. Glad I know that. It's now. Cool yeah. as hell. Mm-hmm. Like he's the only person I've ever seen be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet. Uh... Ah, doesn't matter. <laughs> um so Taz he's he's jawing at Christian from the from the announce booth and this allows Ricky Starks to come out from the tunnel and he's looking resplendent. Oh man, he, looks he looked amazing. I was so excited to see him because AW keeps using people using stars that are hurt mm-hmm. on TV so we don't forget about them. They're they're continually part of the stories. They never go away. Mm-hmm. And Ricky Starks, he even said that. He said, uh, he essentially, he hinted at the fact like, I'm hurt, but I'm not going to be out there on the sidelines with you scrubs. I'm going to be front and center. I'm going to be in these stories in the thick of it. And then, of course, out comes the goons. He calls out the goons. Mm-hmm. Out comes Hobbs. Out comes Cage. And out comes... Hook and Hook grabs Seidel and just chucks him yeah. over the top of his head with a big release German. Dude lands on his head. They are just beating down Christian. And then and then out running comes comes Hangman Page. He's got his whiskey. This is like the old Hangman Page. He hands the whiskey to Seidel or not to Seidel, to Ricky Starks. Starks. Hold my whiskey. Right. He runs down to the and- he runs down to the ring. Before, He's- before we get into it, we got to talk about we haven't been able to do it in a while, but the uh, the hangman fit check. Yeah, his his tasseled cowboy shirt was amazing. I told my wife I want to buy one. She's like, it looks good on him, but I don't think it'd look good on you. So 
I'm going to take her advice and just like, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a hangman, he's beating down these guys and he's, he's just countering out of all their big moves, specifically cage. Mm-hmm. He's countering out of the, the F five. He's countering out of the, uh, the drill claw. He goes to hit the, to hit his buckshot lariat. That's countered. And then hook that little shit gets back in the ring, chop blocks, uh, Hangman allowing Cage to hit him with the power bomb once again. Cage power bombs Hangman, and yeah, it, I I really liked this beatdown. It was really good. <laughs> um, I'm really excited. I'm happy that we're seeing once again of the more confident, assertive Hangman coming back. Because <laughs> you can tell just his body; he's really good with body language. Yeah. Like he comes out, you can tell, ah, th- this is cowboy shit hangman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't is... seen cowboy shit hangman for over a year. a year now. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And then I, I liked too at the end because, you know, hangman handed Starks the drink. And then uh, after he got beat up, Starks stood over him and drank his drink and when they were leaving the ring. That was cool. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, Stark looked ama- Starks looked amazing. Yeah. I was so happy to see him back. It's just, it's a nice little nod to the crowd like, nah, he's okay. He's mm-hmm. going to be fine. And he looked good. He did his pose. It's <laughs> nice. You got a new shirt on uh, AEW. Oh yeah, the shirt looks really nice. It look it looks like a like James Bond inspired. Mm-hmm. It's really I I would be able to wear it, um, but other people could wear it and they would look good in it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's in the orange and black of Taz, so mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. Oh, that's another funny I thing. Always... Taz kept keeps doing a Christian because Christian's tights have orange on them. He's like, he's wearing my colors. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's one of it. That's one of his big uh, AW dark bits. Mm-hmm. He's obsessed with wears, me. <laughs> whenever anyone wears a uh, black and black and orange, he says, uh, "It's gimmick infringement. It's gimmick <laughs> infringement." Because he invented Halloween colors. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's funny. He said that the reason why he went with orange and black was because he saw how striking Bret Hart looked in uh, pink and black. Everything always comes back to Bret Hart for everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah, that's crazy. Everything well, I mean, always comes in the back early nineties. There was like no one cooler than Bret Hart. I always wanted to get be in the crowd, having put his sunglasses on my head. Yeah. So the next the next segment, this oh, this, this honestly amazing. blew me away. Yeah, this, I was so excited because this is one of those things where we didn't know what they had in this department. Mm-hmm. We're like, if there's anything holding these guys back, it's this. This is the Varsity Blondes go out there. And it's a vignette, but they cut a hell of a promo. And it was a promo that got me fired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this promo is um, excellent. Yeah, so Pillman starts talking. Pillman Jr., he thinks that it's interesting that the Bucks brought up his late father to get at him because most people would have you believe that his father's the reason why he got into the wrestling business. But he says his father, that couldn't be farther from the truth. His father is the reason why he stayed away from the wrestling business for as long as he did. Because when he was growing up, when he was younger, all he knew was the dark side of the ring. And I almost ripped my fucking shirt off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, whoa, let's go. Yeah, which if you haven't watched <laughs> it, watch the Brian Pillman episode of Dark Side of the Ring. It's excellent. I was like, that's a fucking line mm-hmm. if I've ever heard one. Um he said that it wasn't until he met the Young Bucks that he saw that there were truly good guys out there. 
family man working in this industry. And I was like, that is cool. Cause again, he did not have a family. He did not have a, like a loving relationship with his family growing mm-hmm. up. He got his ass beat by his stepfather Yeah, and his mom, whether she knew or not was abusing him as well. So yeah. Yeah. So, and then Garrison, uh, Garrison starts talking. He says that back in 2018, he was working an indie show and he worked the young bucks merch table at the show. And he was so happy just to be in the same room as them, to talk to them, to learn from them. Like any interaction with them was a learning experience. Fast forward to 2021. They're both in AEW. They're in the same company. But he said, these bucks aren't the same. They've changed. It's time that they were humbled by a younger, hungrier team. And then they introduced their third, their third member to the world. That's Julia Hart, who we actually saw a week or so ago on Dynamite get squashed by somebody. I can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they mentioned that she's a two-time All-American. I don't know two-time All-American what. Maybe it's wrestling. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Um, she, but, it's kind of like cheerleader, so it could be cheerleading too. Yeah. Can you be an All-American cheerleader? I have no idea. I think so. My sister used to do it. Uh, she did cheer and palm and all that stuff, and they had all sorts of competitions and stuff that I used yeah. to always have to go to. Could be All-American cheerleader. Anyway, mm-hmm. she looks great with the group. It's awesome. Um, it has now been revealed that uh, she's also a recent Nightmare Factory graduate, so that's cool. Yeah, she's that's all cool. trained up, ready to go. Um, they've already put her on TV in a match, so mm-hmm. says something there. <laughs> and then here's the thing. The promos on the show are so good. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to Moxley and Kingston. Oh, man. I love this promo. And they... I want a sitcom with just these two. <laughs> like, oh, just make a reality absolutely. show. Just follow them around. Or a buddy cop movie, but mm-hmm. like, not as cops, just as like neighborhood vigilantes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Neighborhood vigilantes. I like that. Just the neighborhood watch. <laughs> every, yeah, everyone's violent uncle, who just violent uncles who walks around, who walk around and just like patrol the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it bigger. They're back other. again to teach us how to cut natural promos, unscripted promos. Mock says that they must be doing something right in the tag division because they keep racking up wins all over AEW, whether that's dark, elevation, dynamite. Tonight they're facing they're facing some guys called the acclaimed. They're rappers, the rappers, or a rapper and his friend. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mox asks Kingston if are we supposed to invite them to a super kick party? And then Kingston Kingston says like he doesn't even know what a super kick party is. Neither of them throw super kicks. Do you have to throw super kicks in order to throw a super kick party? So this this must not be a super kick party. You know what? We're just gonna go out there and bake beat the brakes off these guys. Mm-hmm. Like This is just fucking so funny. And what's funny is in the middle of their promo, they had to cut. You could notice yeah, they you... cut because they went long. These fucking guys are just yeah, rambling. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure they just got the camera. There's there's probably no, they didn't have any structure or anything to this promo beforehand. No. They just start talking. <laughs> just the way they banter back and forth mm-hmm. and like the way like, it's like ping pong. It's like puck, puck, yeah. puck, puck. Like they're just yeah. hitting it back and forth not missing a beat and it's just magic to watch yeah and you could just you tell they're just old friends that went up grew up in the business together and on the in the indie scene 
<laughs> I just like, like, you know, I, I don't like super kick parties. What <laughs> even is a super kick party? We don't even do super kicks. Does this yeah. have to be a super kick party? It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> All right, then we have the acclaimed, and this one was a lot more basic. Um, <laughs> the acclaimed, they're essentially wondering why they even have to have this match with Moxley and Kingston. Um, in case people haven't noticed, the acclaim is ranked higher um, than Moxley and Kingston in the rankings. If they want a shot at the tag titles, they got to go through the acclaimed first. Very basic, serviceable stuff, which is fine because we know they're going to get their words in mm-hmm. just a moment. Oh my gosh. And that's this when they great. come out for this match. <laughs> Before we get to this, tell me what you were expecting here. Uh, pretty much exactly what happened. Uh, they claim come out, do their rap, make fun of them, and then they get their ass kicked. <laughs> it's pretty much what happened, pretty much what I expected. But it was a really good match. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, these, both these teams worked really well together. Uh, the the rap at the beginning and then the mocks cutting them off when he's trying to do his promo with the punch was, oh, my God, it's some, that funny, hardest I've laughed at a wrestling thing in a long time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was this was everything that I think everybody wanted the first time uh-huh. we heard Max Caster rap. We are like, mm-hmm. okay, this needs to result in him rapping against either Moxley or Kingston and then them slapping the taste out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And it happened with both of them. Yeah, they made like a match. And it was... Did you see like the whole music video the Acclaimed made? AEW posted it on their Twitter. They're like in a prison cell and stuff. <laughs> Oh yeah, talking. they've been they've been doing music videos. <laughs> they just make fun. they did one for the Bucks at one point. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this just put a whole fucking smile on my face for the whole match. Like it didn't matter what happened in this match. I was gonna love it. Mm-hmm. It starts off at the beginning. Mox got the. X version of Wild Thing. So X is the band. Mm-hmm. And it's a cover of the original Trog song, which we got last week against yeah. Yuji Nagata. That was the original, but didn't quite fit Moxley. Mm-hmm. It was good, but it's like. Yeah, if you've ever yeah, seen the movie. Like, it like predates our parents. Yeah, if you've ever seen <laughs> the movie um, Major League with Charlie Sheen, yes. he plays Wild Thing. Uh, what's his name? Steve Vaughn? Something Vaughn. And yeah. he comes out to that at the end, and it's like one of the coolest moments in movie history when he comes out to it. So I'm glad they gave him that version because yeah, that's immediately what I thought of. I was like, oh, this is the this is the major league version. Yeah, this is a it's a much better version for Moxley. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's a much better version for sporting live sporting events in general because that's how this version became famous mm-hmm. was by people in the stands singing it in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait when for the closer um, came out. Yeah, I can't wait for double or nothing when there's oh, a full crowd crazy. and he comes out to this. I was just talking to you the other day that we're probably going to hear four different mm-hmm. um, licensed songs that people are going to be able to sing along to on that pay per view. We've got Judas, we've got Tarzan Boy, we've got Wild Thing, and we've got Where's My Mind. Yeah. That's going to be insane. Yeah. If they need to have, I wanted them to have Jungle Boy come out first on the pay per view because I just want to hear the whole crowd going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I think they do their music when they come out uh, during mm-hmm. those battle royals. Okay. 
So, but he probably should come out first. Yeah. Regardless, because mm-hmm. it'll set it'll set the tone. Yeah, it'll set it'll give you that nice party atmosphere that you want. Because I I just imagine the whole crowd singing and dancing to it. It's gonna be a good time. Okay, so let's get to Max Caster's rap. He comes out, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this rap because it's pretty good. Actually, it starts with a bit of a homophobic joke, but that's fine. Well, it's not fine, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the acclaimed is the paradigm shift. These two guys exchange Valentine's gifts. Yo, Eddie, why are you dressed like it's O four? You look like a bo- you look like a box of Newports. That yeah. was a good line. And then Mox and, then and they uh, show uh, they're act- like mouthing <laughs> cigarettes to each other. <laughs> Moxley was looking at uh, Kingston when he said that. He says, like, oh, he's right. You do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a little boxy. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, Mox, you're out of your element. I'm going to knock you out with a mic like Omega did. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> and then he said, call your girl. She's all up in my mentions trying to hit me up for some oral sessions. I was like, oh, oh my. Oh, no. That, that gift of the kids. <laughs> The gif of the kids at the rap battle doing that, where they come up to the camera. Oh my god, yes! Like this is that. And this then, is amazing. Literally every single time I've seen the title of Renee Young's mm-hmm. podcast, uh-huh. I've been like, "She knows what that says, right?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "She knows what that says," and it was just waiting for this moment to be capitalized on, <laughs> and. The like John Moxley was laughing and smiling throughout this whole rap until he said that, and then you just saw his face transform. Yeah, <laughs> and then he grabbed Kingston by the head and like shook it a little bit, and then the crowd's booing, and Bowen yells on the Bowen's yelling on the mic, like what? She just wants us to be on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and then he he get he grabs the mic and he's about to yell his. A.W., the acclaimed, have arrived. And he gets out, and then punches him right in the face. (laughs) A.W., the... And I'm like, I'm glad I wasn't taking a drink of anything, because I would have spit it out in laughter, and the commentary's laughing, and I think Shivani said, can we change the name of the company to (laughs) A.U.? And even on Twitter afterwards, Anthony Bowens, he was on, he was like, stop sharing the video. Yeah. It's not that. funny. Yeah. That was hilarious. But yeah, that's like perfect. That's how you need to do the acclaimed right there. Yeah. Have yeah, them trash talk people. And then, so people want to see him get fucking punched in the face. And that's perfect. And of course it was Bowens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even Caster. It was yeah. Bowens that got hit, which was even Yeah, funnier. Caster's face when Bowens got hit too was hilarious. He was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this match was infallible from this point forward. Like nothing nothing bad could happen to me in my eyes. This almost this pretty much just set up the whole show for me. Mm-hmm. I was flying the rest of the show. Yeah, so they just beat the piss out of Max Caster. They're slapping this kid all over the ring. Um, chopped kicks and fucking everything. Um, Moxley and Kingston looked like they were absolutely having the time of their lives. You couldn't wipe the smile off their face. Bowen mm-hmm. eventually did get in the match, and he did get a really cool inverted cloverleaf on Kingston, Yeah, which I've never seen it before. Apparently, he calls it the price of fame. It's an absolutely beautiful move. I was like, okay, this is like, 
this is the type of move that you do this to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Like it's that nice. As is one of there was three different beautiful um, submissions on the show tonight. We will talk yeah. about the other two later. Um, the two of them continue to uh, to work on Kingston's wonky leg, which I love. His legs are always wonky. He's always selling. He mm-hmm. was just recently pilmanized, so this is cool. Yeah. Um, the acclaimed hit a really cool vertical suplex uh, mixed with a cross body off the top rope yeah, that for was cool. a near fall. I've never seen that before. I don't know if it's something that other people do, but I was like, that's cool as hell. Yeah, it was cool because they did the superplex into it. Like, he superplexed him and then picked him back up, and then they did the crossbody. Yeah, it's like they did a they did a superplex and then picked him up. And then uh, whoever it was, I don't know who it was of the two, jumped off the cro- off the top rope and crossbodied the vertical suplex. I was like, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. It's so simple. I don't know why I haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. And then Caster tossed his his big chain into Bowens. This was taken away by the ref, but this was just a, di- a diversion to get the boombox into the ring. However, the crafty Moxley is not to be bamboozled. He grabs the boombox, plants it between Caster's eyes, and then they are able to hit a new finishing tag move on Bowens, and that's a wheelbarrow into a paradigm shift, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was so entertained by this match. I absolutely loved it. Realistically, it probably wasn't any better than a four-star match, but it felt much higher. Oh, me. man. Just the opening, like, like, yeah, just the opening part got me so invested in the match. It was just hilarious. They were all and... having so much fun. All mm-hmm. four of them were having the time of their lives. Yeah. At one point, John Moxley got, it was either John Moxley or Kingston. I don't know who, I think it was Moxley got Bowens in a, like a sleeper hold or a choke hold. While he was on the apron, mm-hmm. and then just dropped him on the floor. Yeah, it was it was like, Moxley let him to. Go he... Yeah, was, I think it was Moxley to Caster, and just dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> so funny! I loved it. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for um, this. Is gonna be the theme recently because we know crowds are coming back, but the acclaimed with a like a capacity crowd that's gonna be something else. Oh my god! Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, like even if the raps are bad. Like, they're going to react. They're not the best raps ever, and I think that's kind of the point, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> some of these lines are legit funny. Are legit mm-hmm. funny jokes. That's all they have to be. They just have to be funny jokes. Yeah, and he's... Like, they're getting funnier and funnier every week. Like, every week, he's making me laugh harder and harder whenever yeah, he it, comes out. The crazier and crazier he gets with it, the better mm-hmm. it is. As long as he cuts out the gay joke stuff... And obviously, yeah, that, that Bowens was a little is weird. okay with it. Bowens is openly gay. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're being more sensitive to it than he is, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways. Like, saying they buy each other Valentine's Day cards or Valentine's Day presents isn't that bad. But no. in the past, like, he called, last week, did he call people twinks? Yeah, <laughs> so, I think so. Maybe don't call people twinks. Yeah. He's probably <laughs> just trying to be insult. a little... Being a little edgier. I was going to say, I buy my friends Valentine's Day gifts all the time, so it's not really that bad of a, a thing. So, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, just don't make being gay the insult. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have Chris Jericho backstage. This is just a cute little thing. Oh, I um, love this. He's being asked by Marvez if he's going to accept the Pinnacles Challenge, and Jericho tells Marvez that he admires his hustle, trying to get the scoop. 
but he's going to have to wait until later tonight. And Jericho, at this point, he's standing beside Dean Malenko, and he tells Marvez, hey, scram before the uh, the man of a thousand holds gets angry. And then Malenko responds to him with, oh, you've got, you've got four more than me. <laughs> and Jericho sheepishly says, I forgot a few, though. Yeah. And this is just so cute. It's this so cute. It's a nice, nice callback to their of, history. Yeah. Jericho just putting over a legend that in a, in a self-deprecating way mm-hmm. for himself is is nice. It, it's a it's a really good job of baby facing Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is yeah that's the kind of stuff that if they did it like something like that that I won't have any problem cheering for Jericho. But yeah, it's good. I love their feud back in WCW when Jericho had the list and he named Armbar like seventeen times of all his holes that he knew how to do. Did you watch the uh, the interview he did with Stone Cold? Mm-mm. Um. Jericho's interview, he talks about it. He said that um, he was doing the arm bar. Uh-huh. 33. Arm bar. Or he would go through headlock and then back to arm bar. And then he said they cut to commercial break. And during commercial break, because he knew they weren't on the air, he just started insulting the town he was in oh. to get them riled up. <laughs> and then when it came back, he went arm bar they were all <laughs> booing him and like throwing shit at him yeah that's good that's good <laughs> well he's just he's good at this shit man. Mm-hmm. he is he's a genius at wrestling that's mm-hmm. just it just is what it is yeah um, he just needs to lay okay, off some so... of the extracurriculars oh yeah well, I, <laughs> yeah it, it tells you like if you can get this reaction out of me and i legit don't like you outside mm-hmm. of wrestling yeah like you're damn good at this. Yeah, but I'm such a mark right, for Dean Malenko. So, so anytime you show him, I'm gonna get a little excited. Oh, Dean Malenko's the best. I wish we got to see his humor because we've heard it's the best in the industry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and they're, I assume they're being interviewed by Marvez because it's always Marvez. Um, Scorpio tells us that he was a child when he when he was a kid. He was a little stinger. He was the mm-hmm. biggest fan of Sting, as we all were. Back then, Sting was the man, but time catches up to us all. Sting's not the same man he used to be, and Scorpio Sky's no longer a child. He warned, he warns Sting not to step. He warns, he warns Sting that he should step aside before Scorpio Sky puts him down. Basic stuff. And then Paige then jumps on the mic, and he's saying that Scorpio, you've already proved that you can put Sting down. You put him in that heel that uh, heel hook the other week, and you put him out for two weeks. And he says that I I also uh, proved that I'm a bad man when I threw Darby Allen down down those steps. And let's be real, I'm the one that cost him his his title. Maybe Miro did a little bit because Miro's a bad man. Mm-hmm. But let's be real, it was all Ethan Page, and he promises Darby that. He is going to take every last thing from him, and he is going to be the nail in Darby's coffin, which is cheesy, but Darby's whole thing is his coffin, so it's fine, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But it was it was really weird to see Ethan Page screaming down the camera like that, dressed like he was. Yeah. <laughs> it looked bizarre. Um, and then... The lights go out, Sting's music hits, Sting emerges, he's coming from the tunnels, and then Darby attacks him from behind. He's got his skateboard, and these two, the two angsty faces are laying out the baddies, and 
Sting locks on the Scorpion emo face paint daddy. Scorpio Sky. Yes, emo <laughs> face paint daddy. He locks. The Scorpion Deathlock is one of the coolest names for yeah, a move in wrestling. Yeah, I will always say that. Just the name Deathlock is so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, I like that he locks it on Scorpio Sky, who's also used that move, I believe, mm-hmm. in the past, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, and then Sky and Paige run away. They're blocked from their escape through the tunnel by the Dark Order, and then they run out the side of the arena where they often are. And then it was, it's here that it's an, or we'll just say it now. Um, it is announced that Sting is going to be in his first live match at Double or Nothing, and it will be Sting and Darby against Paige and Sky. Oh boy! Yeah, we're getting that's we're getting nuts. Sting. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's exciting, but also very nerve wracking because Sting is not a spring chicken, and even the cinematic match he said took a lot out of him. So hopefully, he can. Uh, those apparently those were ten hour days. Ho- hopefully, this won't go long. Yeah, he'll be able to. I, I imagine know. he'll just get the hot tag. I imagine Darby's going to do a lot of the heavy list. Like oh, I can yeah. imagine, he has to. I can imagine them jumping Sting at the very beginning. He's kind of out for a while. Darby's in there, couple home spots. Oh, Sting wow. gets back up. Then he gets the hot tag. Stinger splash, Stinger splash, Scorpion Death Rock drop, Scorpion Death Lock. Everyone goes home happy. It's a. This is a absolute perfect time to do that match. The first live full live crowd show. Oh yeah, they're gonna go nuts. It's gonna be Sting's first match since he was almost crippled mm-hmm. by uh, Seth Rollins. By Seth Rollins, not Seth Rollins' fault. Yeah, yeah, um, just bad move. But but yeah, this is it's it's gonna be special because when they first announced it, I thought they meant next week for the Friday Night Dynamite. I was like, whoa, they're they're trying to get people to watch. <laughs> no, it's for. Uh, it is for next week, but mm-hmm. um, not for not for Friday. That whole weekend's going to be bananas. They've got the Friday Night Dynamite, then they've got the Fan Fest, then they've got the mm-hmm. the pay per view, which is going to be nuts. And we should say that next week we're only going to be doing one podcast, or actually, essentially, we're not doing a podcast next week. Yeah. We're not doing one for the Friday show, just because it's on too late, and we'd essentially either be talking about wrestling or watching wrestling every night from Friday through Monday. And that's mm-hmm. not tenable. Yeah. And it's a holiday so weekend here in the we're States. We're going to do it. So I'm going to be doing stuff, yeah, but yeah, so, but we'll have a pay-per-view recap for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have the, we'll have the review of that. We will record it on Monday mm-hmm. and get that out for you on Tuesday. And then it'll be Wednesday soon after that. So just, don't expect a uh, dynamite review next week because there will not be one. Yeah, I'm an old man and I'll barely be able to stay up to watch it and then podcast it after it would not work. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, I've got a family and I can't give four days in a row to AEW. Yeah, that's true too. My wife and kid would probably not be very happy if I was back in the office recording all the time. I know we we had to do something like that last time. <laughs> and that was, that was rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the ne- next we have a segment with the Pinnacle, and they're at a, they're at a steakhouse. This was shot really well. I loved the framing of this. Mm-hmm. It had uh, MJF at the head of the table and everyone else on the side. It looked really cool. Um, it starts with Wardlow chugging a bottle of wine <laughs> and then slamming it down saying, I was thirsty. It was like, 
you're awesome. Mm-hmm. And then MJF cuts a promo calling out Jericho's juvenile humor um, that he's had to resort to in order to in order to stay relevant late into his career. Um, he hopes that Jericho got all his chuckles out because MJF always gets the last laugh. Then Dax, then Dax chimes in and he asks, he asks Jericho, like, do you think this is enjoyable for us? Do you think that we wouldn't rather be challenging for the titles instead of dealing with you clowns? Like, they should be they should be building a legacy, laying down a foundation for everything that AEW represents. After thirty years, Jericho is still making a mockery of professional wrestling. The stadium stampede last year was nothing but a comedy sketch show. There will be no more of that ha ha bullshit once they go out there and they do the stadium stampede. And then Spears interrupts by slamming the head of the waiter into the table and like scream, screaming at him, fill my glass. Why aren't you fill, filling my glass next? And he's, he's essentially losing his mind and playing off the insecurities of constantly being an afterthought and being looked over. And I love that. <laughs> it's not what he did wasn't subtle, but why he's doing it is because dating all the way back to WWE, he's always the afterthought. He's yeah. always the he's the good hand. He's the player coach. He's the like oh yeah, and everybody has all they all wrote off Sean Spears already in AEW, and now he's and like it's cool that he's the violent one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, like that. He, he's he's the loose cannon of the group. Um, and Tolly calms him down and throws a wad of cash at the waiter and says that should co- that should take care of it. That should cover it. Yeah, and this is probably he's probably had many of these scenarios over the <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah, where he's seen that happen um, with his days with the Horsemen, and then MJF ends the segment by saying that if the Inner Circle decides to do the Stadium Stampede, it'll be the last match they ever have because when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. What did mm-hmm. you think of this promo? Uh, I liked it. I liked uh, Wardlow chugging the wine at the beginning and I liked, I really liked the end with Spears and, and Tolly and the waiter. Like that was, that was really cool. I need to have Spears yeah, do more of that, that stuff. Uh, I love that Spears is like his anxiety over being overlooked and being like the sixth ranked guy in mm-hmm. the group has just made him just the crazy, crazy. Yeah, just unhinged. One. Yeah. He's so really unhinged. Cool. And mm-hmm. he's honestly, he had a fantastic blood and guts and this is really good. Like I'm really excited to see more of him. So mm-hmm. good for him. This is perfect yeah. for him. And I like, uh, MJF keeps talking about how stadium stampede last year was all for the last, but it's not going to be this year. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do different and oh. how, how it's oh, going to yeah. be different and stuff. It will be. It's uh we're not getting the comedy stadium mm-hmm. stampede. Everybody has said it. It's not yeah. going to be the funny ha ha. We're not going to get a uh, sketch show. Hundred yards of Northern Light suplexes and stuff. <laughs> no, there w- there won't be a Judas effect on the mascot this mm-hmm. year. So it'll be cool. Then we have Sheeta versus Baker. This is probably the one low light of the show. I still there were. I'm going to talk about the elements that I like. There were still elements of this that I liked. Um, like I said, there's not that much to uh, to say about it, but I really liked the detail of Britt Baker 
walking out onto the stage first with her video, with her music, taking up all the spotlight, and then just waving out uh, yeah. <laughs> Rebel afterwards, because this isn't Brit's match. So I like that. That's mm-hmm. kind of funny. It really fit her character. Um, and I like that it's been very, very clear that Rebel's not hurt, and that she's just using the injury to keep the crutch around so she can hit people with it. Mm-hmm. But Sheeta took that opportunity to try and actually injure yeah. Rebel's knee. Yeah. She was she targeted the whole match. Like she was like she's like okay, like, it's not hurt right now, but it's going to be after this match. Mm-hmm. Like she was like she's wearing her out, which is wearing that leg out. And this is one of the she had one of those submissions that I was talking about. That's where she had the stretch muffler mm-hmm. on her. And love I love stretch muffler. Stretch muffler. Yeah, me Even too. in this stupid comedy match mm-hmm. um she had the stretch muffler on and that was really cool and i like that she pulled the glove out of rebels costume the the black glove mm-hmm. of, of Britt baker's that was really nice um that's all i can really say about the positives for this one overall i didn't think that it was particularly memorable or like a particularly memorable way of building to their pay-per-view match I thought that she'd have probably deserved better than that. Yeah. Um, if anything, I thought that it kind of weakened Sheeta because she's kind of, uh, she's either been off TV and now when she's on here, she got like bamboozled by Britt Baker in an obvious way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, obviously they were, she's going to attack her at the side of the ring. This doesn't make any sense. That being said, I'm still extremely excited for their match at Double or Nothing, and I think it's going to get an absolutely huge reaction. Oh yeah, it is. They're gonna. Bert Baker's going to be getting a lot of cheers. I think. I think they both will. But Bert Baker, she's put in the work and she's been doing so well that she's gonna. I think huge Brit, reaction. I think Britt being she's turning into a wrestling genius right now. Like mm-hmm. she knows the little things to do to get reactions, like a. Uh, like she's it's like it's very impressive she's night and day like both in her like obviously her wrestling's different her promos are different than they were when she first arrived when she had go away heat which is crazy mm-hmm. to me but like just the little things and the little ideas like catching the camera at every perfect moment like knowing the absolute perfect thing to say on the camera knowing that that's going to be a shirt now mm-hmm. knowing the specific things that are going to pop the fans Knowing that, oh, I've got blood on my face. Where's the camera? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, she's perfected it. Mm-hmm. She's perfected it in a way that, like, even, like, people with lots of tenure in professional wrestling do not have. So I think she's going to be able to do something so dastardly to Sheeta, who the fans do love, in order mm-hmm. to get them to boo her. I think she she's got something up her sleeve, where the fans are going to be like, "Oh, fuck, Britt Baker." Yeah, she yeah she needs to come out and punch Jr. or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one step too far. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I want to see it to happen, but I mean that'd get me to boo. So <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Tony, maybe Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony, because they're best friends, so it'd work. Okay, so next we had. Another cool promo. This was, again, the highlights of the show were the promos. So good. So this was Kenny and Don Callis 
uh, busting into the best friend's locker room. And there, this was really cool, immediately stepped to by Chris Statlander of all people. Yeah, who's almost she's as tall as Kinney. Taller, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and which is awesome because, like, outside of AEW, that's a dream match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on the on the Jericho Cruise, that's a dream match that can happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we won't see that. But she can absolutely go with men. I've seen it happen. Um, she held the the IWTV Championship for a while, mm-hmm. where she defended it all the time against men. One yeah, time she's against, great. One time against Janela, which was <laughs> an, an incredible match. I'm sure. But yeah. I've lost the thread here. So Kenny and <laughs> Kenny and Don, they convince everybody that this is EVP business. They're not here to hurt Orange Cassidy. They convince everybody to uh, to leave the room, other than Orange Cassidy and the Doctor, which is kind of funny because Orange Cassidy he's sitting there getting the ice bag on his head. And I'm like, when mm-hmm. is this shot? Like, why I think they said he... it was. Uh, I think right before they said commentary had a. Got the video from right after the match last okay, week. Okay, okay. I was gonna say, I was like, why is he shirtless, just being <laughs> iced down, yeah. all sweaty when he doesn't even have a match today? I'm glad <laughs> they established that. Because I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so uh, Kenny tells him that he's drawn up papers that allows Orange Cassidy to remove himself from the match, and it'll grant him a one-on-one match with Kenny at a later date when he's back to better health. And Cassidy takes the papers in a very sloth-like fashion, slowly, <laughs> so rips, slow. slowly rips them up. It took him like 10 seconds to rip mm-hmm. that first page. And Kenny explains to Cassidy that the bump that he took last week was horrific, but if you look back at the footage, it was not a botch. Mm-hmm. Pack hit that move perfectly. Cassidy just isn't in... He doesn't have the same makeup as guys like Pack and Kenny. He can't take those moves he asks like Cassidy, he says what's gonna happen when i hit you with the one-winged angel cassie you'll be hurt or paralyzed or even die <laughs> he's like i'm gonna kill you if you take that move um and in a nice touch don then brings out a backup contract yeah. <laughs> and leaves it on his on his leg and he says all right, you just you just hold on to this, and we'll and you get back to us. And as they're walking away, they're like, "You have a very bright future." And as they're leaving, oh, and I really love this because it positions Kenny and Don as the absolute carny wrestling promoters. They're mm-hmm. trying to feign concern for their promising young talent. Yeah. When really it's just Kenny is terrified of both of these men. Yeah. And he doesn't even think he can beat Pac, let alone being able to beat both of them. Mm-hmm. So he's just trying to get out of it. And I loved it. Um, yeah, it was really cool. That, uh, like how he was telling Cassie's like, this wasn't a botch. Yeah. I like You that just a lot. got knocked out from a clean move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're not on the level that we are. I, I like that a lot. Um. Yeah, so just awesome. Now going into another promo, and this is one that's interesting. This is the inner circle's acceptance, and I thought for the most part this promo was okay at best. Yeah, it's fine it until like... it got to Jericho. I thought Jericho killed it because mm-hmm. yeah. he did not have a lot to work with because he 
he tried to play off the seriousness and he tried to legitimize the legitimize the bump that he took, mm-hmm. which everybody has said looked like shit. It yeah. just did. He did separate his elbow. Yeah, as I say, he legit hurt himself, so it <laughs> yeah, had to be so a little bit legit. Like even from that height, landing on a, a on pad. pad can can hurt you. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's um, so he had a. Uh, he had an uphill battle here, and by the end of it, he had kind of suspended my disbelief mm-hmm. in it. So, like, this is, again, what I'm saying, like, he's just good at this. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody should be learning from him. Not from his personal life. From his, yeah, just, yeah <laughs> from, just... From his wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we have the inner circle. They're all giving their take and why they think they should accept the challenge. Ortiz, still without Santana, says that talk is cheap and he wants to fight. Okay, simple. Um, Sammy says that everyone knows his answer. He's crazy. Sorry, they're still doing Santana in jail type thing? Is that where he's Um, supposedly In kayfabe, that's where he is. Mm -hmm. Um, In reality, he's probably a little hurt. I know that he does have chronic bad back, so he's probably resting up. Yeah. Um, But it's something. Um, Sammy says that everyone knows his answer. He's crazy. He's, he's ready to do some like 450 off the rafters. Mm-hmm. Like we, kn- we know what it is with him. Then Hager hops on the mic and <laughs> he says that if they don't accept the challenge, they'd just be schoolyard bitches like the pinnacle. And if we know anything from Hager's Twitter beefs is that he hates young girls. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know what it is with him. He's he's a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like don't, don't call people schoolyard bitches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he has that. He had that one Twitter beef with uh, that Swedish girl. Oh, the Thunberg um, or whatever. Yeah, the that, environmentalist girl. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Yeah. At. <laughs> twi- we know that he has Twitter beef with young girls. So yeah. Um. Yeah, and then Jericho saying Jericho says that last week the bubbly bath was a nice little diversion to get the pinnacle's attention, which is good. I'm glad he didn't oversell it. Mm-hmm. Um, then he says that he's he's wondering if the stadium stampede is worth it. He says that he's still trying to figure out if blood and guts was even worth it. The toll that it took on him physically and mentally has been extreme. The thought of MJF pushing him off the cage still haunts him like and he said that's probably never gonna go away i was like this is good jericho like like you're doing a good job here you're like making me believe this then he says Mm -hmm. that his dislocated elbow will heal but the mental scars are going to be harder to erase and then he's screaming at njf that like was it worth it what you put my body through what you put my family through all that anguish, all that anguish. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? And he's getting angrier and angrier. I was like, this is good shit, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that when he thinks of the revenge that he's going to get on MJF, the only answer is yes. It's absolutely worth it. Their answer to the challenge is yes. And at double or, none, at double or nothing, he's going to dance all over MJF's face and piss on his grave. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is dope. That is really mm-hmm. good. Good, like yeah. He knows how to cut a really good promo. 
So it looks like we'll be getting a much more violent Stadium Stampede next weekend. Yeah, that's and... what I'm most excited for because, like, I just – I wonder how they're going to do it. I used to think – I meant to bring this up a second ago, but it actually works perfect here. Uh, there's the stipulation that the inner circle has to break up, and I thought surely the inner circle is going to win. But I saw that Fozzie announced they're going on a world tour starting in July. So Ooh. I – Thinking they might lose. And then Jericho goes away for a little bit. At least until October, because that's how long the tour is. (laughs) I want them to lose. I really do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think think all those guys have been running with that that, uh, stable for so long. They need a break. Or Mm -hmm. they need a change of pace to do other things. Um, I really want Santana and Ortiz to go do other things. Them being faces either... Facing the Bucks, or facing FTR, mm-hmm. or facing whoever is intriguing. Um, yeah, it just uh, more so for them, and then Sammy as well. Mm-hmm. He needs to get out on his own. He needs to do his mm-hmm. own thing. Yeah. He needs to get a little more practice with his promos because they're they're a little stiff. Yeah, but they're getting there. But his matches are incredible, and he needs to be in a huge singles program because it's going to be amazing. And one, preferably not with Matt Hardy. Yeah, let's not go back to that. Okay, then we have we have a Jade Cargill uh, segment. And this is, they're kind of redoing the same thing over and over, but they at least they played off that this week. Mm-hmm. And Jade, it, she's... She's once again asked about her manager situation, and she's tired of reiterating herself. She says she's her own boss. Like, how many times does she have to say this? And then she's interrupted by by Sterling Esquire. I think it's Matt Sterling Esquire. I couldn't quite hear it, but I... Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's Sterling Esquire, and he's that lawyer from the previous weeks, and he wants Jade to know that he doesn't want her to work for him. He wants to work for her. And she's sort of taken aback there. You can see her like like lift her head up and take a step back. And he says that Hardy and Vicky, they represent women, so there's a conflict of interest there. Taz literally named his team after himself, so you don't want to go there. Um, says that he wants to cha- take the Jade brand to the top. He knows that he can do that. And he says, and let's be honest, this is two weeks in a row with this interview with Tony Schiavone. Um, Where's her sit-down interview with JR? What's going on? And then she grabs the mic from him and she says, first of all, I'll tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to interrupt me while I'm doing my tapings. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? You <laughs> leave stage left and maybe I'll get back to you. And yeah. so your thoughts on this? You had some good thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I like this a lot because uh, at the beginning I was like, oh, they're doing this again. But it actually turned out entertaining. And I loved his line, like, you've done two standing interviews with uh, Tony Schiavone. Uh, where's your sit-down interview with JR? That made me laugh. And, like, uh, Tony's face was like, what the hell, man? Why? It <laughs> <laughs> was good. <clears throat> but, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, and he's so – his stature is good, is that he's small enough. He's not intimidating. He's mm-hmm. not a wrestler. Um, he's got comedy chops. Mm-hmm. His uh, – his background is as a podcaster, I believe. Um, okay. He's, uh, I believe, he's friends with um, Zach Ryder. 
he does stuff on his podcast, I believe, if I'm correct. Oh, okay. On his, uh, on his toy podcast. Um, but yeah, so he's he's known for making people laugh. That's what he does. And I had told you that Jade Cargill needed a Malcolm Bivens. <laughs> and yeah. he looks like he'll be the Malcolm Bivens. Yeah, I still it, wish it was Malcolm Bivens. No yeah, if it was Malcolm Bivens, that'd be incredible. <laughs> he he's perfect, but <laughs> like uh, you can't always get what you want. He's yeah. he's a good second. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he's it, funny. He was good. It'd in be the good because stuff. Yeah, because Jade's super assertive, and it'd be a good juxtaposition between the two because mm-hmm. he's so schemy and little, and Jade's big and powerful. Speaking of Jade. Uh, the YouTube algorithms really understood me today because uh, I love watching pro wrestling and I like watching chiropractor videos. And I guess she was on a chiropractor video. It was like a Jade Cargill at a chiropractor. <laughs> that's so, funny. If that's something you want to watch, it's just her getting her back popped. But it was kind of cool. <laughs> I've watched uh, – funny enough, I've watched Bobby Lashley do that. Yeah, it, it's that same guy. Oh, the guy with like the little hammer? Uh-huh. His little yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. That's funny. But it's cool. She talks about how she got her, her start in wrestling and stuff. It's cool. Mark Henry, I didn't know that. Mark Henry's the one that found her and told yeah. her she should start wrestling. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I like to hear that. Um, yeah. So actually, that's where Tony broke the news was to Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca on mm-hmm. uh, Busted Open this week. And they were popping so hard for the news of the new show yeah. and everything. Have you yeah, at what point Mark Henry's Mark like Henry's in right now? Yeah, he looks great. Like it's the best shape he's ever been in. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's he's cutting weight. It's like oh shit, okay. We need one more uh, run on the Hall of Pain. Bring him in. I don't know. I just I don't I don't try. His knees are so shot. I don't. That's know. true. Just have him come in and power slam someone. He doesn't even have to yeah. stay that long. I like. I just, him. Yeah, I love Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. Like he's the type of guy. He's the type of guy who you don't want for for Jade. And that's where Shaq was cool. But like Shaq was too big and he dwarfed Jade. Yeah. Like he's he's the only literally the only man in the world who can make Jade look small. Yeah. And that's who she was with. I'm still waiting Anyways. on the figure out what happened to Shaq in the ambulance. AEW, you need to let us know. Uh, he revealed it. Or I think Tony revealed it. He said oh. that uh he said uh Shaq told me he just wanted to get up. Because he wasn't hurt, <laughs> and he That's he wanted hilarious. to he wanted to come back later. Mm-hmm. He's like That's hilarious. He said, "Shaq will be back. I'm not waiting in this ambulance." <laughs> like, hey, Shaq, Shaq does whatever Shaq wants to do. Yeah, it's sort of a you didn't take out Shaq. He didn't need to be taken to the hospital, so he left. Mm-hmm. Is essentially yeah. what happened. It was apparently it was Shaq's idea. He's like, "Yeah, so uh, you're going to cut back there, and I'm not going to be there." <laughs> he's like okay he's like why he's like i want to come back he's like okay great he's like whatever you want sir yeah more shack i always say the better i mean after that performance goddamn of course mm-hmm. whatever he needs that was yeah. amazing like this isn't like uh a, a mike tyson where like it wasn't great like the shack match was legitimately awesome mm-hmm. okay so yes. then we have Oh, this was the match of the night. This is Red Velvet. Oh, this match is so good. Deeb. Oof. What were you expecting heading into this one? Uh, I didn't really have too many expectations. I knew the match would be good, but uh, I don't. I've, 
usually when you have wrestlers that really haven't worked together, sometimes I got to temper my expectations, you know, because sometimes the wrestlers got to feel themselves out and stuff. But they they work so well together. But because Deeb is such a veteran and uh, Red Velvet is an up and comer, but she's got no glass ceiling. She's just going to keep going, getting better and better and moving higher and higher on the card. So, yeah, this was a, this was really good. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, yeah. Nothing but positives to say about this. Yeah, this was this was so good. This was Deeb's first match back from arthroscopic knee surgery. That's the word I was looking for earlier. That Jr. JR said. You were right. <laughs> yeah, you were right, Jr. He got it. Yeah, I think. <laughs> so what are you talking about, Jr.? That's what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. So Deeb came out vicious in this one. He yeah cold as ice because right before uh, the match started commentary said that like since she's come back from surgery she's had a different attitude and she just it's the first match back how do you yeah, know maybe they're just like my backstage <laughs> like she's yeah pushing people around but yeah so uh she like right off the bat she just threw something in red velvet's face i don't know what it was and then just starts throwing hands <laughs> um she took velvet to the woodshed all over the ring just with the nastiest look on her face too i was like oh deeb's gone full heel i like yeah. this it's um, probably setting up for her and Thunder Rosa to For sure. I mean, they need, they need more heels in the division. They're mostly faces at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Velvet did fire back with uh, with all the baby face fire we expect from her at this point because she's probably the biggest... Um, she's probably the biggest baby face or biggest sympathetic baby face in the, yeah, she, in the women's she's division. She's like a pure right baby face in the women's division, yeah. And... This was all brought to a halt by Deeb with a series with a series of absolutely nasty looking dragon screws, like just brutal. Like I I tweeted about it immediately. I was just like, God damn, Serena Deeb, chill with those dragon screws. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then from this point, Deeb just she just worked over the left knee like a dog on a bone, mm-hmm. <laughs> like for the rest yeah. of the match. Um, Velvet Velvet came back again with a moonsault and a screw high kick, but she went to the moonsault one too many times. She went up to the top rope, got caught with the knees, then Deeb locked in the serenity lock, which is awesome. Yeah. That's one of the cooler moves. It's like a cooler looking stretch muffler. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like um uh who used to did Eddie Guerrero used to do it? Called I think he's called the lasso from El Paso. He did a similar move like that back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it's such a cool move. And Velvet was able to power out. Then Deeb resorted to a chop block, and then she slammed Velvet's knee repeatedly into the ground, just slamming it over and over and over. And then she pulled her to the center ring, locked on the Serenity, locked again, full extension, leaned right back, which Mm -hmm. has looked so brutal because Red Velvet has so much flexibility. So her foot was like touching the back of her head. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, she got the win there. Like I thought this was excellent stuff. Four and a half stars. Deeb has not had a bad match in no, AEW yet. Yeah, she's been excellent in every match she's been in. Or even any match below great. It has not yeah. happened. And everyone she wrestles comes out better. Mm-hmm. It yeah, is I cannot wait for her and Thunder Rosa to fight. That's going to be such an awesome match. Has that never happened yet? It hasn't. I don't think so. 
No. Yeah, they're on was. the collision course for the title. Hopefully it's on AEW. I know it's for the NWA title, but hopefully it's on AEW and not on the NWA because I don't really watch NWA. But She hasn't been to NWA yet. So. Oh, she hasn't? That's hilarious. No. <laughs> She's got their title, but she hasn't even been there. I don't know why you would want to. Mm-hmm. I still can't. Was it last week you told me the stipulation for the Thunder Rosa yeah, Lose and you have to stay? Yeah. Has that match happened yet? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. think so because she's doing Spanish commentary. So she, yeah. if it, it hasn't happened yet, or she won. So yeah, they wouldn't. You can't do that. Like yeah. she wouldn't sign on for that. Yeah. That, or Tony uh, Khan would probably just buy out her contract at that point. Like, oh no. yeah. She <laughs> <laughs> should just buy NWA. Realistically, it can't be mm-hmm. worth much anymore. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think you should do. So yeah, then we had a pack promo segment, and this was essentially, essentially just the to best. remind us that it is going to be a triple threat next week. Um, pack is backstage, and boy is he mad. He knows mm-hmm. that Kenny is afraid of both him and Orange, and that why else would he have done what he did last week to try and uh, have them both disqualified? So that he doesn't have a match. Otherwise, he would have just hit one of them, and then he mm-hmm. would face the other guy. But no, he tried to he tried to get them both eliminated. Um, now there's no way any of those elitist pricks can weasel out of this match. It was cool. I like that he said elitist. Yeah. Um, very basic though. Essentially yes. saying, essentially just him going full gear in the in the locker room. Which but is- he's in his he's in his ring gear, and he's not in a wrestling ring. Yeah, that's all I want from Pack. It's just him in normal settings, but in his ring gear. <laughs> I need a sitcom of that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this was another great, great match here. This was a go-go versus Austin Gunn. So, yeah, this match was fantastic. Austin and Austin comes out with Cody and Arn in his corner for this one. Then out comes the bad man, the governor, the mm-hmm. world's champion. At this point, Anthony Agogo. <laughs> yeah, he um, had some promos online that where he, I was like, he's supposed to be the heel. Like, I agree with everything he's saying right now. <laughs> this, this is the thing, man. <laughs> he's carrying the Union Jack in his hand, but yeah, he revealed over the weekend that he's seventy-five percent blind in one eye. So Cody's a, effectively going to be fighting a blind man. <laughs> um, he's he's overcome so much, like he. He's just talking about all the faults of the states. And like, ooh, yeah, I agree with every single one of those. Yeah, he had a promo about the the pledging of allegiance. And I was like, damn, I I agree with you, dog. Like, you're supposed to be the bad guy? I'm I'm feeling this right now. (laughs) No, the world is rallying around him. And Mm -hmm. I think if Cody thinks that he's getting anything more than a 50-50 split of those crowds, he's going to be sorely mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And this... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen because AEW. I mean, people love Cody, and that's fine. But I don't know. It depends on how much of an internet crowd we get here at the show. Well, it depends how many people traveled. Mm-hmm. That too. Like, where that's are they true, traveling too. from? That's true. Florida fans will definitely love Cody. You know, yeah, the Florida fans American will get behind stuff. Cody, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It depends if most of the people are traveling from Florida or from southern states or if they're coming from more coastal cities mm-hmm. that uh, that don't necessarily be- believe in all that rah-rah nationalism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, this man 
or this man. This match starts up <laughs> with uh, Austin. He's he's throwing hands like he's just going at a go-go and a go-go is covering up his left eye which again as we found out he's 75 blind 75 percent blinded and the commentary put that over so it's like and again and he's wearing yeah, this man a heel and he's and, wearing an eye patch won't look like sagat out there or something from street fighter <laughs> so austin's ducking and weaving this blind man before eventually getting caught with the right hand in the gut and Austin's writhing around on the ground, <laughs> crawling, trying to get to Cody at the ropes so that, Co- so that Cody can help him. And Austin's, he's really great at playing the, doing the sympathetic baby face work. He's, he's got this down pat. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin, he f- gets back, he climbs the ropes, he gets back up to his feet. He turns around, he gets hit again in the gut and blood shoots out of his mouth and it hits a go-go in the face. And Austin, once again, he's on the ground and he's trying to get up and the refs, the refs protesting with him to stay down, but he gets up and a go-go pops him up into the air and cracks him in the face Mm -hmm. and down he goes, knocked out. The ref calls for the bell after the match, Cody and Arn get in the ring to check on Austin Gogo picks up the American flag, and I thought he was going to wipe the blood off his face. That's what it. I thought he was going to do too. It's like, oh, that's actually a step too far. Mm-hmm. Like, like Americans will be pissed. Like, yeah, I, I don't think they want to deal with those repercussions from like the that, angry emails. That's and actually stuff. that that actually is uh, even people who aren't super patriotic are like that's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad he didn't do that because that would be crazy. Um, Instead, he throws the flag and Cody scampers after it to catch it before it touches the ground. <clears throat> I thought this was excellent. I still wish they didn't have the nationalistic flavor to it. I don't think it needed it. However, yeah. if they do play it like Rocky, I'm all for it. I was going to bring up Rocky Four, yeah. which is my favorite Rocky. If you've never seen Rocky Four, it's great. But this also makes me nervous because I thought Cody was going to be like Apollo in face the evil foreigner boxer in at the pay-per-view. But this was a lot like that scene in Rocky four when Apollo gets beat up by uh, Ivan Drago. And then Rocky has to come back and save it. I, Cause I do not want Cody to beat a go-go. No, I do not want it to happen. Yeah. If they do the Rocky thing that like, if they like, they should come out in fucking like boxing gear, like not mm-hmm. like with gloves and everything, but like the gear and like, like the, with the colors of their countries and uh-huh. Cody, like where are the friggin' red, white, and blue striped mm-hmm. trunks that Scorpio Sky wore? Um, one time they did like a Fourth of July show and he wore that. Yeah, I forgot all about that. But uh, and I hope to God they don't have where a go go punches Cody and he just no sells it or something. <laughs> <laughs> He punches him in the logo and his hand breaks. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> his arm just explodes like an anime or something. <laughs> it goes all limp like a noodle. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so yeah, this is here's the thing. I have I loved this feud and the storyline all up until last week. Mm-hmm. And then he cut that stupid promo and then I loved it again this week. So it's just that one promo, and it really is just a just an excuse for Cody to use the American dream. Yeah, and 
I even like him using the American dream. I just don't think he had to go that far to get there. Yeah, that's fine if he uses it. It's his dad's name. He has every right to use it. But uh, <laughs> it just, yeah, 2020 or 2021 patriotism matches and evil foreign hills and stuff. It just doesn't work it's like in today's wrestling. He, like he could even even said like, like uh, I hear that uh, Anthony Agogo has been saying some things about the U.S., He's like, okay, if you want to play that, I'm going to come out as the American Dream. That's all he had to say. Because mm-hmm. Anthony Gogo has been saying that for about a month now. He has yeah. been saying some stuff. Like, it, it, it is there, but it's been low-key enough that it hasn't overshadowed the feud. Yeah, he could like say, it, like, you hate America? Well, I'm coming out as the American Dream, and I can show you how bad America really can be, or something like that, you know? Yeah, like, like you don't have to, like, I don't know. He He didn't have to get he didn't have to go that far. Yeah, it's it got, very eighties wrestling in in a weird way. It got silly. Um, yeah, but it's funny. Like I, I'm still really excited for this match. I I'm excited wait. for this match, but if um, only if Gogo loses, if Gogo loses, I'm pissed off. <laughs> I think Cody has to know that though. He's got to, but. You never know. Wrestle sometimes wrestlers, you know, their ego gets in the way, so you never know. He, he's got the book. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much of the book he has, but he has he has a portion of the book. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he does his own yeah. stuff. Like Cody's storylines are like he does it all. Well, that that's the, some stuff that lends a little bit of smoke to the fire of of the rumor, yeah, of the rumor, which we have never that, talked about on here. But it's just a rumor, so I see why we haven't talked about it. But yeah, like I've. Yeah, it's until somebody has an actual source, it's a rumor. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Um, like, I'm still convinced that's a storyline that uh, once Cody's finished with the nightmare or the nightmare factory or whatever they're called, um, he's going to move on to the new elite, like try to stop them. And that's that's at, at some point. Like, yeah. here's, the, here's the thing: like, it's impossible to run a company with people and not have disagreements. So, do I believe that they've had disagreements? Yes, of course I do. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, my wife and I have disagreements, and we're married, so it just happens. We're around not, people that much. I've not worked with a, a single job where I didn't have disagreements or think someone that I worked with was a dick, but you still work with them, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, it's people running with things a little bit there. Okay, so next we have another fan fucking awesome promo from Frankie Kazarian and this is coming off the heels of SCU breaking up last week and we Mm -hmm. have Marvez and he's with Christopher Daniels and Kazarian and Marvez asks Christopher Daniels about a tweet and about the rumors that he's retiring and Daniels responds by walking over and whispering something in Kazarian's ear and then he just walks off and so I don't think that he's retiring just yet. I think he's going to have maybe one big, last big match or something. But he's not gone just yet. Otherwise, he would have said it. So mm-hmm. they're, they're doing they're doing a storyline here. But then Kazarian then cuts a promo saying that his heart is broken as a result of the Bucks taking away something that was very special to him. He's not blaming the, the Bucks for... He's not blaming just the Bucks for what happened to SCU. He's blaming the whole elite for the demise of SCU. He prom- 
he promises that he's going to check every name off that list. Gallows, Anderson, the Bucks, Nakazawa, Cutler, Kenny. Like he said, you're all in my you're all in my line of fire. He said they're gonna learn about loss, they're gonna learn what it's like to have your, your heart ripped out of your chest. He said this is a bomb you can't defuse and a gun you can't unload. Mm-hmm. This is not a promise. This is not a threat. This is the gospel, according to Frankie Kazarian. And that's awesome, because as you pointed out... Yeah, that's what uh, Christopher Daniels used to say in Impact, uh, the gospel according to Christopher Daniels. So that, that's a nice call to his friend. I like that a lot. Yeah, you told me that, because I, I never watched TNA. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's cool. When he said that, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you're like... That's a Christopher Daniels reference. Yeah, I was the, like, the, that's even more awesome. Yeah, the fallen angel, whenever he was super in doing that, that was his catchphrase. Um, and one thing, yeah, I thought this was so good. And a description that I heard Adam Wilborn of What Culture said that he, compa- he compared Kazarian to Frank Castle's The Punisher here. I was like, oh my God. Oh, uh, yeah, he's lost everything. So now he's just going to. He's the Punisher. Mm-hmm. It was like this is so fucking cool. Yeah. So and he's yeah, wearing he's all gonna, black too yesterday or during the show. Yeah, he's gonna go down that list. He's gonna start taking people out. He's gonna start probably with Cutler and Nakazawa, probably, probably on YouTube, and mm-hmm. then he's gonna go after Gallows and Anderson. Maybe he might attack Don Callis behind the scenes. Eventually, he's gonna work his way up to Kenny. Yeah, I'm sure him and Kenny um, will have a match. He's he's gonna lose, <laughs> or maybe maybe he works his way up. Actually, no, he won't work his way up to the Bucks. I don't know. I don't know if he gets to the Bucks, but I think he's probably gonna get to Kenny and then lose. But yeah, I <laughs> think this is this is very cool. It's something for Kazarian to do, and I love a fired up Kazarian. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Fuck another great promo. How many times have I said this? Yeah, there's a lot of good promos tonight. And like watching promo the show, heavy. I didn't even realize how many promos they were because they're all good. So usually, sometimes when you're it's watching a-, a wrestling show and there's a lot of promos, you're like, okay, get on with the matches. I don't want any more promos. But these were all good, so I didn't really even notice it. Yeah, it flew by, man. Uh, it tells you how great they were. Like so I was is- saying, this was this was definitely go home show vibes because you on go home shows promo heavy, so no wrestlers get hurt before the big show. So. Yeah, so this was Miro cutting a promo. And he, so here's the thing. Miro, he must just have bullet points. He's like, I got to hit this line. I got to mm-hmm. hit this line. And I got to hit this line. And it doesn't matter any what else he says. It doesn't matter if he stumbles over his words, obviously, because there there's a bit of a language barrier there. Like he, It's not always smooth, but it doesn't matter because his lines, when he hits them, Oh are earth shattering. Yeah, they're so they're good. So good. Every single one of them's a shirt. Every single <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, he's like Britt Baker in that way. It's like <laughs> he just has the perfect lines, and he's had them for about a month now, which is awesome. So he he comes out there, and the first thing he says is he would like to thank Jesus Christ for blessing him with the strength and power to destroy everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is that's the best. It's already the best promo I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Yeah. That's the funniest thing. And he says, now everybody knows that it doesn't matter if you're the baddest thing in AEW. If you have what Mira wants, there's nothing that will prevent him from taking it. 
Now Darby Allen is free to go home and make another one of his gritty little student videos. That made me laugh. I was like, oh, god damn. Miro, <laughs> stop killing him. And he says, and at this point, the fans start chanting, Darby, Darby, mm-hmm. Darby. And Miro knows, knowing exactly, this is where he's like Britt Baker, knowing exactly how to take advantage of the situation. Looks to the crowd, raises up the belt and said, here's your Darby right here. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's so fucking good. Yeah. Like he's re- he does that a lot when mm-hmm. the crowd starts chanting. He'll do something to mm-hmm. it's very stone cold or very Moxley. Chris yeah, Jericho he... does it too. Like they know how they know how to pause. And it's all notice it's a lot of WWE guys. Mm-hmm. They know how to really use that crowd. Yeah. Because they've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. And he announces that next week he'll destroy another poor soul. When he defends his championship, that poor soul they announce is Dante Martin. Is his tag partner hurt? He yeah, he had surgery. Okay, okay. I was thinking the other day. I was like, I haven't seen him in a long time, but yeah, yeah. I think he hurt. Yeah, he. Yeah, he had. I think he had surgery. Um, So poor Dante Martin. Like they couldn't have picked (laughs) more sweet and innocent looking. Yeah, no, he He looks looks, twelve. Yeah, he looks so young. Like he looks like he'd hang out with my kid and. He's just gonna get beat up by Miro. <laughs> like, like he's got like the who's the biggest baby face face we could get? Like who looks like a child? Yeah, that guy. Okay, let's have Miro destroy him. Mm-hmm. Good lord, that should be a fucking hate crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> so like, Archer then comes out from the tunnel to interrupt, and he tells he essentially tells Miro to shut the hell up. He says that he's essentially he he was he's been a beast in AEW long before Miro arrived. When Miro, this was all the way back when Miro was still trying to have a happy Rusev day in WWE. I like that line; that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. He couldn't say Rusev day, but you knew what he was saying. Yeah. Then see, he essentially excitedly tells Miro that he's really excited for the two of them to slap me at Double or Nothing, which is really funny. Yeah, and then. He says that everybody dies, and he's going to make Miro his Bulgarian bitch. And then Miro laughs off that last line. He says, oh, you think that's the first time I've heard that one? And he says, Mm -hmm. it's pretty funny that you keep coming out here, hiding behind this old man to hold you back. And he says that you better keep Jake away from me, because all the yoga in the world won't help him when when I I get my hands on him. I fucking love that line. I was like, god damn, Jake (laughs) the Snake too? Yeah. Especially yoga saved his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's yeah. like, all the yoga won't help you mm-hmm. when I break your old man. I was like, Jesus Christ. And then he finishes it by saying, you always say that everybody dies. And I agree with you. I just insist that that you're going to die first. Yeah, that's like, such a good oh line. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a super villain from the mm-hmm. 80s. That was so good. That was some Hans Gruber shit right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. The funniest thing in the world. Like, oh my god. He, he's just got like a, lo- a list of one-liners that he just has to crack off during his promo. Mm-hmm. And I cannot like, every, wait. Every once in a while, match. I'm just like, oh, Miro's losing the thread. Miro's losing the Oh, no, he's back. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. 
I cannot wait for this match. It's going to be so good. He, yeah. It's like we, it's funny. It's, I, I believe that Miro's going to win, but also mm-hmm. how many times can Archer lose? Yeah. So it's like there's a little bit of doubt there because you know at some point they're going to do a quick switch of mm-hmm. a title. They can't all be long title reigns. Yeah. Because then have, it gets too predictable. They're going to. It's coming. They're going to quick switch mm-hmm. us at some point and it's going to be shocking. Yeah. I was going to say just have uh, Archer and Miro just switch the title back and forth for like a couple months. They could do that. Yeah. All right, so now we have Bucks versus Varsity Blondes. I thought this match was really good, but what, were, what yeah. was your thoughts heading into this? Uh, I liked this match a lot. It was a, a lot of good. Varsity Blondes, man. A couple more reps as a tag team. They're going to be a team to watch out for. They're so good, and I like their, their gimmick. They're playing up the, like the sporty dudes, and especially with their cheerleader and their letterman jackets and stuff. It's really cool. And... uh uh even though I don't see Griff as really a football player, even though he's he's a very large individual, but I just see him more as like a surfer-looking guy to me. But that aside, I like this match a lot. It was a lot of fun. To, uh, whatever the hell Nick was wearing on his head was okay. the most ridiculous thing. I don't know where thing. he's getting that shit from. <laughs> he's like he's just rummaging through garage sales and picking up a yeah. furry to stick on his damn head. He put it on Nakazawa's head. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who threw the streamers in the ring? It's like a, it's like a guns that shoot out from the ring post. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's like a, yeah, it's good though. I'm glad they do that. Yeah, because I just saw them fly in. I was like, oh, that's like old school bucks. Yeah, um, I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, it was funny and Nakazawa getting the headband and the crowd just booing him around him was was hilarious. It's funny that you mentioned the Griff Garrison with the football player thing because I think he actually did play football. I oh. think they mentioned that. Yeah, he I'm did, sure he did because he's yeah, he, a very large person. He's tall. He probably was like wide receiver or something. Mm-hmm. But he just looks like a surfer dude to me. It's, oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so this match is really good. The Bucks were bumping all over the mm-hmm. place for them. Yeah, they, they, made the, they made them look like a million bucks. Yeah, they were flying around. Um, they had the Bucks looking silly for, the long, they wore for a long while. $10,000 shoes again. Yeah, they, they they hit the young bucks pose on them in the mm-hmm. middle. Um, this was yeah, this is a coming out. This whole episode was a coming out party for the Varsity Blondes, who mm-hmm. again were out there with Julia Hart, which was cool. Um, yeah, the Bucks did get the upper hand with a momentum swing, and Nick Nick Jackson did a rope walk to a chorus of "You Sold Out" as he's walking <laughs> along the ropes, which I liked. Um, that was funny. Back inside the ring, the Bucks were just beating the snot out of Pillman Jr., which is perfect because mm-hmm. everybody and their mother has now watched his episode of Dark Side of the Ring oh, where man. he and talked if he did, about... If he his, doesn't, yeah, if he doesn't he break talks, your heart in that episode, I don't know what will because it's... Whew. Yeah, where he talks about his childhood, his horrible relationship with both of his mothers and then his um, his stepdad... And his father, who he did love, but died when he was so young, for mm-hmm. him to really understand it. Like, he thought it was, uh, like, he thought that when, he thought it was a gimmick. Like, he didn't realize <laughs> yeah. what had happened yeah. at the so, time. Okay, when's dad coming back and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, just all the stuff he's been through. And then the Bucks specifically target him, turning him absolutely into a sympathetic, when the, into a sympathetic baby face right before our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's really good at it too. Um, he can take punishment really well. Um, this, and this makes the hot tag to to Griff Garrison all that more impactful. And he's got one of the best hot tags in the business, like yeah. in AEW bar none already. And he comes out, he comes out just looking like a grown Simba, like his yeah. hair is flying. Yeah. Like he's flying all over the place. He's running wild. He hits, he's hitting multiple splashes, including one onto the floor, which I always love when he does that. Yeah. His, his running splash is cool. It reminds me of like what the undertaker used to do. He just runs and just jumps over the top rope. Yeah. I can tell you right now he can dunk a ball. For sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Pillman tags back in, and of course he gets overwhelmed because he's the guy uh, generating all the heat in this one, mm-hmm. and he eventually gets locked into sharpshooter by Nick Jackson, which is awesome because heels locking in submissions on faces is just perfect. Mm-hmm. And I haven't then, seen the Bucks do the sharpshooter in a while either. They used to do it all the time. No, yeah, Matt Jackson does it every once in a while, mm-hmm. but then I, I guess he was the one doing it this time, and Nick Jackson sprays Pillman in the face with the cold spray <laughs> while he's in the sharpshooter. I was like, oh, this is amazing, as he's trying to get to the ropes. He's outside the ring, and he gets him with the cold spray, and then Griff breaks it up with a with a big boot to the face. <laughs> the, so they get rid of that can of cold spray, and then but then another one gets thrown into Matt. So Matt mm-hmm. has a second can of There's some spray. cold spray cans. And then, <laughs> it made me laugh. And then Julia Hart jumps up on the apron and she tells the ref. So the ref takes away the cold spray. And then the third can gets thrown into <laughs> Matt Jackson while the ref is distracted, getting rid of the second one. And then he sprays Julia with it. Just like, point oh, blank, God. too. He sprayed her point blank. <laughs> Which is funny because it's, uh, it's nothing. <laughs> is the cold spray. So I, it's pretty funny. And then... Pillman uses this to roll up Matt Jackson, and I'll tell you what, I bet on this. <laughs> I bet on yeah. this roll up. I was like, oh shit. Like it looked they just sold it so well. And Matt's face when he came out of the out of the roll up, he was like, Oh my god, that was almost it. <laughs> and he looked absolutely shocked. And then once again, Pillman's put in the sharpshooter again. And this time, Nick Jackson hit him with a face buster yeah, that was while cool. he was in the sharpshooter. And I I lost it. I was like, that is so cool. I don't know if that's been done before. They probably have done it before, but it was really uh, good. Probably in PWG days. And, the, and obviously, he taps out. And this mm-hmm. just gets so much heel heat for them. Like, because they did not have to cheat to win. They're the Young Bucks. They yeah. are the best tag team in the world. They yeah. do not need to cheat. They, but they want to cheat. Mm-hmm. They just they just want to. And then the post-match hits. And this is so funny. Kingston and Moxley run down to the ring. They beat up the Young Bucks. They choke them out. And then they steal their shoes. Yeah. And socks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they rip off their $10,000 sneakers. And, and then... Mox or Kingston is shaking with glee mm-hmm. as he's doing this. He has a d- grin from ear to ear, and and then he takes off Nick Jackson's socks as well. Puts them in his pocket, 
And there's a picture of him backstage holding. I know he looks so happy holding all of them in his arms. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just this is this episode of Dynamite last night was gleeful, is yeah. how I will say. Yeah. It wasn't the best wrestling. It was it was arguably the best promos. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say that the the sum of all the promos was incredible. Um, even if like uh. I've I've seen MJF cut better promos. I've seen Jericho cut better promos, but the t- sum of all the promos was probably better than we normally mm-hmm. see as a whole. Um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was so good. Um, okay, so I'm just gonna run down the uh, our doc wasn't working, so you can't see these images, but I can see the images for the card for next week. So I'm just gonna run through them. Okay, so. Okay. Next week, so this is next Friday. Um, again, we won't have an episode for this episode. Um, yeah, so the it probably wouldn't even be worthy of an episode, to be honest. <laughs> but no, probably not. But you, you never know. There might be some cool go home <laughs> shenanigans. So we have Miro versus Dante Martin. This poor child, yeah. he's going to get murdered. Okay, that's for the TNT Championship. Then we have. Joey Janela versus Hangman Page. I'm actually super excited for this match because one of my favorite matches of all time is his all-in match with uh, between these two guys, the ladder match that they had. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yeah, that match was great. They even mentioned that, too. This is the first time they faced each other since that match. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first times I had seen Joey Janela, and then I became an instant fan of his after that. Mm-hmm. I I just started looking up all his matches after that because yeah. that was amazing. I thought he was just a crazy deathmatch guy, but he's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Then we have which he has an awesome Death Valley driver right now. If you're not watching, Dark. oh my god, it is so <laughs> he he planted. Oh my god, Daniel Garcia, mm-hmm. fucking watch out for that guy. He's going to be signed with he and and Blackman are going to be signed within the year. I am telling you right now. They have to be. They're so good. The only thing holding them back is their physique. Because mm-hmm. they're fairly slight men okay. in terms of their muscle. But they, are so, they were on uh, Dark Elevation this past week. And Joey Janela hit Daniel Garcia with a Death Valley driver that if, you, if you're not paying attention, it looks like he murdered the man. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it, you're just like, oh, he put him on his shoulder. Yeah. But it looks like he puts him directly on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's funny. If you ever call out Joey Janela, like people are just like, oh, my God, that looks so rough. You're so untrained. He's like, actually, that's how trained I am, is that I can mm-hmm. make it look, look as rough as it is while actually not hurting anybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next thing we had, this is actually really cool. And this is where I think that they are doing the Rocky thing. Is Anthony Agogo and Cody oh, Rhodes are doing a weigh-in next mm-hmm. week, and I swear to God, I hope Anthony Agogo goes out there in a banana hammock, Me like too. they do in the uh, in the UFC where they're in like mm-hmm. the little tidy whities mm-hmm. I want him to go out there in the tiniest little pair of underwear, yeah, and just great. flex on Cody. Yeah, <laughs> I also want him to say "pain" to Cody like in Rocky Three when he's fighting Mr. T. Pain. I want Cody to be to be wearing a fucking Uncle Sam hat. <laughs> yeah. Play Apollo. Mm-hmm. 
And another thing I'm actually pretty co- cool with is next week, Jade Cargill is issuing an open challenge. Oh, that's, that's cool. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So who knows who she's going to be facing? It could be somebody more interesting than uh, than not. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a jobber. Probably not, because a jobber probably wouldn't answer an open challenge. Yeah, it's probably going to be someone lower on the card. Yeah, so it'll, the be, it'll be cool. I'm excited for that. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> a celebration of the inner circle next week. So yeah. that's kind of funny. Um, sure, uh, Pinnacle will break that up. In this graphic, um, Santana and Ortiz are wearing the uh, their makeup, which is interesting. Oh, that their face paint's so good. It's amazing. Then we have Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. That'll be a very good match. It just yeah. doesn't really mean anything. I haven't seen those two guys team up on Dynamite. I can't even tell you how long. It's They've been, been on Dark a few times, but yeah, mm-hmm. they... Uh, they need to get back into it. They will once like they reset all the storylines. They'll mm-hmm. probably get something. And this is a very strange one. Darby Allen versus Cesar Bononi. Why? Okay, yeah, whatever. That's a random match. Probably just to fill time. Cause <laughs> also, I don't know. Give, give Cesar some stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's strange. Then we have the one-year anniversary. You pointed this out. Oh, the one-year anniversary <laughs> of Hikaru Shida. As the yeah. AEW Women's Champion. So, guaranteed. She's, yeah, like, the guaranteed. two people, the, the two celebrations of life that they're having. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the inner circle and um, Garashita is like yeah. the death knell for both of their yep. reigns. Yeah, that is the oldest pro wrestling trope you can do. That so As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, she's losing 100%. I mean, she's already losing 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already time, but this just that just seals it. Then we have Orange Cassidy will respond to Kenny Omega's offer to defer his title shot. We know how that's going to go. Yeah. But what if he did, though? <laughs> what if they just. That like, would be so right. funny. He'd be like, he just holds up the. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really funny. Well, I, you know what they could do? I doubt it because I'd rather see the triple threat match and they've yeah. already got graphics and stuff. But he could say, okay, I'll defer to a later time. And then Kenny has this grueling match with Pac. And then after Kenny's all tired, Orange Cassidy comes out, I want my match now. And then they. <laughs> <laughs> and then Orange Cassidy wins. Yeah. But that wouldn't. No, never happened. <laughs> crush their story they've been building for two years now. But <laughs> and then we have a graphic for the uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page for the pay per view. That's going to be crazy. I am. It's funny. I did not want them to have Sting wrestle, and now I'm excited to have Sting wrestle. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a sick man. As long as it's tag matches and stuff, because I don't want him to get hurt. And I did not see a graphic for this. I know it was on the show, but I couldn't find it. But it's they announced they're doing the Casino Battle, Battle Royale, of course. They announced all the competitors, the standard fare, everybody mm-hmm. that doesn't have a match, essentially. And like, okay, any of those guys could win. But there's always the Joker. And I have a prediction for who that will be. And that my prediction is Paul White. Mm-hmm. I think Paul White is going to be the Joker. Um, they did announce, then they have it on the graphic, that he is going to be the special commentator for the match. Yeah, when they first showed the graphic, I thought they were saying he was in the match. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was just like, oh, they're announcing the Joker? Because they had his card at the bottom, mm-hmm. but they said 
special announcer, I was like, oh, okay. So what they're going to do is he's going to be the special announcer for the whole match. And mm-hmm. then the Joker's going to hit. His music's going to hit. And it's going to say, like, Paul White mm-hmm. on the screen. And the crowd's going to pop their fucking head off. Yeah. And he's going to rip off his suit. He's going to go down the ring. He's going to throw a bunch of people over the top rope. And he's yeah. going to be one of the final four. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to win. And i that's one of the reasons why I really like it. Mm-hmm. Because if it's any big name, like Andrade or Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. or any Slow of those Joe. guys, they have to win. Yeah. And even though I would be ecstatic if it was any of those guys, but then they have to win and then they have to have a program with Kenny. Yeah, that's and just you don't the way to do it that is. right off the bat. And Kenny doesn't have a program with anybody else, so they could do that. But it looks like, uh, and the only other guy that's in there that I think could win to then challenge Kenny, and I think the person who's winning is Christian Cage. Oh, so and do then, I. And then he's going to challenge Kenny for the uh, for the title. Yeah. So that's where Paul White works for me because Paul White does not need to win. No, and Paul White just coming back would be a special attraction. And he'd probably be as big a pop as any of those other guys. Yeah. It could be Samoa Joe, and he might have a less of a pop than Paul White standing up from the announce booth, taking off his headset and walking down the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be amazing. Yeah. It doesn't, like, when they they had Billy Gunn as a surprise entrant for a battle royale, and people popped for that. That was the first all-in, wasn't it? Yeah. When he came out, yeah. Or... He also did it in AW though, as well, mm-hmm. at their at one of their battle royales there, and people popped for that too. Like they were just they were going crazy. This was before he had signed. Mm-hmm. I think That's... maybe it was maybe it was the first double or nothing. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, this is this is a a cool pay per view. I am I am looking forward. I'm to really this. excited for it. Yeah, like the last few matches they announced uh, Wednesday just. I already thought this was a stacked card, and now we got the tag title match and between Kingston and Mox and the Bucks. That's going to be great. How many women's matches do we have? Is it just oh, one? Just the one, yeah. That bothers me. We have like nine matches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this Dynamite had two women's matches on it, though. Like, so there's mm, that's something. 1.5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't call that a full match. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, I don't know. The thing is, I think we were, or I hope so, because the pay-per-views aren't evidence of this, but I think that once we get Rampage, we'll start seeing some more women mm-hmm. on TV, because you'll be able to spread some of the more mid-card stuff over to Rampage, yeah, allowing more women to get mm-hmm. on the card, in theory. At least that's the hope. Yeah. That's, that's the hypothesis. Um, anyways, I think that, I think that just about wraps up our episode. So we will, yeah, we'll bid you adieu and see you not in a week's time, week and a half's time. Week and a half from, um, double or nothing. Yes. See you then. See you.